best tip on how to conduct a successful demo is don't start there. <laughs> Never, ever, ever go into a demo just because a client requests it or a lead requests it. Anytime somebody requests a demo, great, you want to learn more. I have to learn more about you first. It might take one call. It might take more than one call. But before we go into demoing a potentially very complex solution, especially like at HubSpot, we have five different hubs and different tiers within that. I have no idea just because somebody says they want a demo. They don't know what they need. I have to tell them what they need. I am the doctor. They're coming to me. They're a patient. They say, hey, my hand hurts and I can't make money with this hand. And I have to test the hand and I have to poke it. I have to x-ray it. I have to do all the things to understand. Okay, I understand what's wrong with your hand. Here's how you need to fix it. And then I'm prescribing them the solution. And so it's the same thing. Like I'm not going to call my doctor and ask for a prescription. I need to go to them. So you want to have a successful demo. You need to get to know your patients. You need to understand what are their goals? What are their challenges? What do you solve for? How do you compete against the other solutions that they're looking at? Are there other solutions really in your space? Like, are you even a necessary? Is it more need to have or nice to have? Right. So the more that you can understand that, add the other layer of the consequences and implications, right? All those dis disqualification or the tie downs, the compelling reason to buy. Once you have all that done, and it could take 30 minutes, could take an hour, could take two hours sometimes if people have very complex situations, could take months. Sometimes it could take months in many demos, depending on the bigger the company, the more people involved, it could be a very long process before you get to a demo. So once you feel very confident in having a solution for them, and, and the, the quick kind of gut check on that is what we call the CEO test. So if you can, in 60 seconds or less, even 30 seconds or less, if you meet the CEO having never spoken to them, explain to them their own problems and challenges and be pretty spot on and kind of understand why, then you can go into the demo. Um, and so to do the demo then, right, you want to tie everything back. Do not do generic demos. Don't just, here's my script and here's the same thing that I'm reading every time. What makes demos successful is that they're customized. It's you take the information that you learned throughout the discovery process and you keep infusing that into the demonstration saying, well, you told me about this problem you have. Here's how this tool solves for that problem. And here's how easy it is compared to what you told me you tried before and it didn't work. So it's really breaking it down specifically to what they told you um, in a way that can be understood by more people if, even if they weren't there. Um, so really hyper-personalized presentations uh, and doing that in-depth discovery um, is the best way to, to get a demonstration that's also going to potentially end in next steps. And always having those next steps is very, very important for setting yourself up for success. That's a hard one to answer because companies are so different in how they judge promotions. Um, I've worked at companies where it really depends on who likes you and not what you do and how much value you drive. It's just, have you made a good impression? Have you gone out to drinks with the right people? And the company I'm at now, HubSpot, they have a very calculated promotion system. So it's designed to be hit every 12 to 18 months. There are metrics. You can track it. It's very transparent. And so you know exactly where you're going towards promotion. So if I can give advice for no matter which world you're in, Speak up for yourself, first of all. Show off, like, don't just do your job because the people that just do their jobs are not the ones that are getting promoted. It's the people that are doing things in addition to their jobs. They are coaching other people, they're mentoring, they're helping out, they're working on projects, they're showing how they're collaborating, they're putting together some sort of training materials, especially in this world where so many people are remote and you're not necessarily in the office and you can't go have lunch with your manager or your director. You have to be extra kind of self-promoting uh, self around some of those things. Look for opportunities 
opportunities. Look for ways to get involved with other people and then ask for feedback. Hey, can you send a good word to my manager? Right. Things like that, where it's you're, you're kind of asking for, for that passive feedback is a really great way to get noticed. Um, and the more people you have talking about you and what you're doing, the more likely you are to get promoted. Because I can sit here all day and tell you how awesome I am. But if my manager, if my coworker, if somebody else I worked with tells you, hey, Zoya did this awesome thing. Now that's getting you noticed. So the more that you can work across other departments, other teams, that's really going to help um, just in, you know, being set up for success while also hitting your numbers and doing your job. Of course, that's you're, you're typically not going to be up for promotion if you can't do the basics, but doing the basics isn't enough either. One of the metrics that I actually uh, like that they have, because you have your typical, can you hit your numbers? You know, how often are you? So the basic, you know, just quota performance. Um, the other thing that HubSpot looks at is retention. So what's your 13th month retention? Are you able to keep customers on for more than a year or are people dropping off? Um, they actually used to look at months up front. So are we able to get more contracts signed for a year instead of like monthly payment terms? And then they realize that that's not a very good testament to if somebody's doing a good job because the customers wanted the flexibility. So they didn't want to punish the reps for the customers wanting the flexibility. So they actually just took that out. And now it's just on retention. Are you keeping people on board longer? Um, and so the more accounts that I have that have been on for at least 13 months, which means they renewed, then that's a good, which goes back to disqualification, right? If I confirmed earlier that they're a good fit, I feel confident I'm going to get the promotion. I feel confident that I'm not going to have to get back the commission because we also have 12 month clawbacks. So if they cancel within the first year, I have that money gets taken out of my next paycheck. So anything like that is always uh, very good to be cognizant of as you're signing people on. The two best interview tips that I can give are, first of all, come prepared with examples, things that went well before, things that didn't go well before, lessons you learned, things that, you know, even if you were fired, what was the lesson that you learned from being fired? So the more examples you can come prepared with of both good and bad things, a lot of managers like to ask for that. How did you handle the situation? What was the outcome? What led to this? What did you learn from it? That's what they're looking for because oftentimes they're looking for somebody that they want to be around for a while. People don't like hiring assholes. So if you're hiring somebody, it's I have to work with this person. So they're judging you based on your personality a lot of the time too. Um, and the other tip is look up questions, come prepared to ask questions. Because if you're coming to an interview and they're just asking you questions, to them, it doesn't look like you're very interested if you're not asking questions in return. It's it's like a first date, right? If one person is talking to the other and I'm just answering them, do you look, does, do I look interested if I'm not asking you anything about yourself? Like I'm committing to you for a long-term relationship. I want to be there for a few years. I want to know how do people get promoted? What's what happened to the last person that was in this role? What are going to be the metrics that you're going to be judging me on in my first 30, 60, 90 days, right? All those things. You can Google best questions to ask in an interview and you're going to get lists of hundreds of questions. I that's I cheat. You 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 can just look it up, get a list of questions and just write them down in your notebook and come to an interview prepared with, yes, I do have questions for you. Let me understand more about this role because I have other options and I want to make sure that you're just as good of a fit for me as I am for you. Because the interview is really a two-way process. And that's, I think, one of the biggest uh, things that people forget is they're not just interviewing you, you should interview them. And that's going to help you stand out a lot more as the people that ask the better questions and are thinking about this role more strategically. And how can I be a better employee? What are some skills that you really value in the people that you work with? Things like that, that really look good to managers. Mm -hmm.